Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. I hope you and yours had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. City starts construction on South Holland Road. Human trafficking forum to take place in Mansfield at the end of this month. Looking to get rid of your old batteries, light bulbs, or pool chemicals? House hazardous waste drop-off takes place this week. Why is there a bottle of A1 sauce dangling from a tree at Matlock and Cannon? We have the answer. Coming up in the features section. I'm science reporter Dennis Webb and today I'll talk about new craters on the moon later in the science segment. Standing, bending, or twisting. It can put a strain on your back. We'll offer some tips and Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Inflation has taken a toll on all of our monthly budgets, but now is not the time to consider foreclosure on your home. I'm Beth Steinke, and we'll discuss your options on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will make you grateful that it's finally summer. We have the sweltering seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve chats with sports memorabilia expert Tracy Hackler. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, this is Jeff Kish from Bartlett Tree Experts. It's summertime and the living ain't easy if you're a tree. For the most part, trees enjoy summer, but when things get hot and dry, think about how you would feel. You get to go indoors to enjoy air-conditioned air and a nice cool drink while your trees and shrubs remain outside to tolerate the extremes of the season. Healthy, vigorous trees and shrubs tolerate weather extremes rather well, but long periods of excessive heat and lack of rain are formidable tree enemies. Stress, insects, and disease can also cause serious damage. Luckily, much of this can be prevented with the help of Bartlett Tree Experts. The best preventative care involves a program of fertilization, pruning, and management of insect damage and disease. Call us at 1-877-BARTLETT to take advantage of Bartlett's free summer checkup inspection. Trees are a valuable asset to the environment and to the value of your home. Don't entrust their care to anyone but the experts. Bartlett Tree Experts. Call 1-877-BARTLETT for your free tree inspection or visit us online at Bartlett.com. That's Bartlett.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hi, I'm Michelle Newsom, Mansfield School Board Trustee, and you're listening to 
About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. City crews began construction on South Holland Road on Tuesday, which will be improved to a four-lane divided thoroughfare. The project will include completing the north side of National Parkway, west of Holland Road, and several hundred feet to the east. A traffic signal at Holland Road and National Parkway is also in the works. The project will require detours on the east side of the existing roadway to accommodate the construction. Two telecommunications companies are currently relocating their facilities to clear the way for this project. Completion of the road project is estimated at 14 months. We had her on the podcast back in May of this year. That'd be episode 124 if you want to go back through the archives and listen to the interview that we did with Angela Thorne regarding human trafficking here in North Texas and here in the Mansfield area. She has put together a an educational panel discussion and performance that's coming up here in Mansfield. And uh, we welcome by telephone Angela Thorne back to About Mansfield. Welcome back. Hello again. Thank you for having me. Tell the listening audience, first of all, the purpose of this uh, panel discussion. What's going to happen and uh, what's going to happen at this panel discussion? Sure. So pretty much I would say that we're going to accomplish everything that our mission statement says, which is to educate, equip, and empower communities to prevent sexual exploitation and human trafficking. So we're doing just that. So the first hour is going to be a panel discussion that's comprised of high-level experts that have been in the anti-trafficking field for several decades. Um, There you can expect to understand the realities of what human trafficking is. Um, especially here in North Texas, specifically Tarrant County. Um, And so we'll hear about what it looks like for youth, and then we'll learn about what it looks like from a survivor perspective, as well as um, just some things for adults to consider um, what they can do to make a difference in this space. And then the second hour is more geared towards uh, the youth and teens. So, um, my heart is in the creative space. So um, that's what people are going to be able to expect from Moses Movement is just using creative or creativity to bring awareness and education to our youth. So we have a dance production. We have a band playing. We have a live artist that's going to be painting. And then we have somebody performing a monologue out of a play that I'm writing that will soon to be in schools near you. So this event is not just for adults only, this uh, Bring the Kids. Yes. So uh, I am recommending 13 and up. Um, Obviously, at your discretion, you can bring younger. I am asking that uh, no babies or toddlers just uh, for the sake of distraction. Okay. When does this event take place and where? It will be July 30th, which is a Saturday from 2 to 4 at the Mansfield High School. Auditorium. And how can people get uh, more information if they want tickets? Or is this a ticketed event? Or uh, uh... it is going to be a free event, but I am asking people still to register so we can have somewhat of a headcount. Uh, they can find a register link at our website, MosesMovement.com, which is M O S E S M V M T.com. 
Moses Movement is the name of the organization. Angela Thorne is one of the uh, the organizers of the event taking place. Again, that is Saturday, July 30th, taking place at Mansfield High School. Go out and learn more information about sex trafficking, human trafficking right here. It's taking place right here in Mansfield. Did you know it? Yes. Angela, I hope you have a sellout crowd. I hope you have a great crowd on July 30th. And I'm going to put a link on our website for the panel discussion tickets. Even though the tickets are free, it is helpful that you do get your tickets in advance. And thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The Environmental Collection Center is the city's permanent drop-off facility for unwanted household hazardous materials, electronics, and recyclables. This facility is open the second Saturday of each month from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. and the previous Thursday and Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. That means the Household Hazardous Waste Drop-Off is taking place this week, Thursday, July 7th through Saturday, July 9th, at the Environmental Collection Center, located at 616 South Wisteria Street. The cost to drop off hazardous waste is free for Mansfield residents, with proof of residency, such as a valid Texas driver's license or water bill. There's a long list of acceptable items, and you can access that list from our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. We're all suffering at the gas pump, it's no secret, but gas prices have dropped significantly within the past two weeks, although we've yet to see it drop back into the $3 figures. So who has the lowest gas prices in Mansfield? We do, right here on this podcast, as it's time for another segment of Who's Got Gas. According to GasBuddy.com, and as of Tuesday morning, July 5th, the least expensive regular gas in Mansfield can be found at the Murphy USA at Matlock and Debbie at 413 a gallon. That's 51 cents a gallon lower than just two weeks ago. The least expensive mid-grade gas here in Mansfield, two locations, Quick Trip at the corner of 157 and Debbie Lane, as well as the racetrack at 287 and Debbie Lane, both at 452 a gallon. That's 42 cents a gallon lower than two weeks ago. And finally, the least expensive premium gas can be found, again, those two locations, Quick Trip, 157 Debbie Lane, and Racetrack, 287 and Debbie Lane, at four seventy-seven a gallon. That's $0.39 cents a gallon less than two weeks ago. These prices do not include grocery store, fuel rewards, or other promotions. Membership stations, such as Sam's Club, traditionally run a few cents less per gallon, so shop the best deal and help bring the cost down here in Mansfield. It started on a whim back in 2006 when a local artist saw a knot on a tree that resembled a T-bone steak and a new piece of art was born. Over the years, pieces fell off and the tree remained bare of art for years until recently. The art has seen a resurgence in popularity on social media in the past few weeks. Even the city's Parks and Recreation Department joined in the fun by creating colloquial names for the individual pieces. With us on the phone is the artist who created created the original piece back in 2006. Linda Holland, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. Let's go back. Now, we're talking about this tree that is at the corner of Matlock and Cannon. The original piece is, let's go back to 2006. How did you come up with the idea of of putting the pieces of, of art up on the tree? It was 
Our oldest son, Alex, noticed it first when we'd drive by. And so, you know, we just together decided we'd make a potato and a salad to put up next to it. And so we did that, and the salad fell almost like the next day. That's why I ended up having it back in my garage. But um, so we made the pieces, and then we got our neighbor who had a Jeep to drive us up one night and attach him to the tree. The the, uh, the statute of limitations uh, I think was is is gone by now. So <laughs> the as, as someone actually your neighbor drove up with a jeep and and uh, what a little ladder or something you got up to uh, on the tree. It seems like the jeep was one of those lifted ones, and so it seems like we were able to stand on the seat and 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 I don't know if he did it or if I did it or if it was a collaboration. You put a little creativity into this this baked potato. Describe how you how you made it. It was styrofoam, and I painted the outside and kind of hollowed it out inside like a potato would be. And then we wrapped it around foil and used decoupage. And then I sprinkled a powdered glass that was yellow to make it look like butter. And then we decoupaged that again. And then we attached it onto, I think, a popsicle stick with a nail to put it on the tree. And then you also had the the accompanying salad. What was that made of? It was uh, picked up some plastic, like green flowers, and took them apart, and then just kind of glued them again with decoupage, put them in a bowl that would painted silver, a plastic bowl, and then... Uh, Added, I had a little, little like, I don't know, pretend small tomato. We put that in and then put that on a stick, but that one didn't stay. That dropped within a day or two. Oh, wow. They say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Now there is uh, what appears to be a, a large crumpled piece of foil resembling a baked potato and an A1 sauce bottle. Uh, are are you flattered by, by the, the new art that's been put up there? Sure. I think it's great. And you know, somebody put the A1 bottle up in 2006. That wasn't us. And I never, ever knew who did that, but we appreciated that addition. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're continuing it. And again, folks, if you are uh, wondering where this is, again, if you are headed south on Matlock, headed toward Cannon Drive, it is, you really really can't miss it, especially if you get in the left turn lane. Uh, It's about the first or second oak tree from the corner, and you'll see the, what uh, looks like a a baked potato wrapped in foil and an A1 sauce bottle there. Again, the city uh, has has been having fun with it from the Parks and Rec Department, and uh, the original artist, uh, Linda Holland, we appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for for starting this piece, and, and, you know, hopefully we'll see it go on for years and years to come. Well, I hope so. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. 
Okay, thank you so much. Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening here in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and your telephone number in case we need more information. And we're always interested in your feedback. What do you like about the podcast? What do you dislike? Who do you think we should interview? How about some story ideas? Again, that email, news at aboutmansfield.com. This coming Monday is National Cheer Up the Lonely Day, a day where you can take action and make someone in your life a little bit happier, be it a stranger or a loved one. If you know someone who is lonely or is going through a difficult time, be a bright spot in their life with a little extra thoughtfulness this coming Monday. Isolation can be overwhelming. You can use this day as a reminder to contact those people in your life who need a little extra love and or attention. Your small act of kindness can make a big difference to them. It is said that Francis Pesek of Detroit, Michigan, created National Cheer Up the Lonely Day. His daughter, LJ Pesek, reports that he was a quiet, kind, wonderful man who had a heart of gold. The idea came to him as a way of promoting kindness toward others who were lonely or forgotten as shut-ins or in nursing homes. Let's head on over to the weather desk to see if Colleen has some cheery news about our weather. Colleen? I have nothing cheery to share about the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas, unless some of our listeners enjoy the sensation that the gates of hell have opened. A heat dome is in place over our area, complements of a high-pressure system that's set up to the west of us here in North Texas, and that means we'll continue to see above-average temperatures for the foreseeable future. We're looking for a high of 104 on Wednesday, 105 Thursday, 105 Friday, 106 on Saturday, 105 on Sunday, 106 on Monday, and 103 on Tuesday. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to three-quarters of an inch of irrigation this week. As I just mentioned, triple-digit temperatures are back this week, but your lawn is tougher than you think it is. Be sure to only water two days this week, with multiple short cycles, and never between the hours of 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. North Central Texas is experiencing drought conditions and many counties have burn bans in effect. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Today we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. 
For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb has discovered some new craters on the surface of the moon. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. Recently, NASA announced that two new craters had been discovered on the moon, and they appeared in March of this year. We know this because NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter has been taking photos of the lunar surface for the last 13 years. It is not a live feed, but with enough resolution to detect these changes of interest to researchers studying the surface of the moon. Humans have detected a few new craters on the moon since we have been watching. Stuff is always falling on the moon, the same stuff that makes meteors here on Earth, as the space rocks burn up in our atmosphere. On Earth, the meteors are slowed way down by friction with the atmosphere, but on the Moon, where there is no atmosphere, the space rocks hit the surface with full supersonic velocity and make a crater much bigger than the original rock. Really big space rocks make really big craters on the Moon, and you can see these with any telescope. We know a little bit about the impact process on the Moon from things we have intentionally crashed into it. Among the largest are five Apollo S-4B upper stages that originally carried astronauts to the moon. On the first two Apollo flights, Apollo 11 and 12, astronauts had placed seismometers on the lunar surface to detect moonquakes. Later, the S-4B stages from the later moon missions were intentionally crashed into the moon to generate a big seismic pulse, and the seismometers could collect the seismic reflections, allowing planetary geologists to learn things about the interior structure of the moon. All of these five artificial craters have been found and studied by the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. Compared to natural craters on the moon, these are shallow as the rocket was not very dense, think an empty beer can, 
and it hit the surface with much lower velocity than natural space rocks. So back to the two new craters on the moon. Scientists think they are similar to known man-made impacts, but about half the size of the Apollo impact, so suggesting a smaller body. What is intriguing is the fact that two similar-sized overlapping shallow craters appeared at about the same time. This means it was either two objects flying together, or a man-made object that had two dense components widely separated by the structure. None of the spacefaring nations of our planet have claimed it as their rocket part, even though this is the most likely cause. Our planet has launched a lot of spacecraft beyond low Earth orbit, many of these abandoned upper stages that were sent off in another direction, sometimes unknown, lost in space. As an example, two years ago, an unknown object was detecting orbiting the Earth. This was big news, because we only got one, and that's the moon, and this was not a known satellite, and so there was thought that it might be a second moon. It was new, but planetary scientists did not think it was a natural object. Size estimates suggested it might be an old Centaur upper rocket stage. They collected spectroscopic data from this visitor and compared it to the spectrum of a similar Centaur stage that had been safely orbiting the Earth since 1971. It was a close match. More work determined that the visitor was likely the Centaur upper stage from the 1966 Surveyor 2 mission. This mission failed in its unmanned landing on the moon and this because the Surveyor 2 spacecraft went out of control and itself crashed into the moon, also making a little crater. Analyzing the orbital mechanics, it appears the visitor quickly left Earth orbit to orbit the Sun and will return to Earth in 16 years for a few months of orbiting. Orbital mechanics is weird, but it's just a lot of math and physics done by normal humans using computers. You can see the photos of the two new craters and some of the Apollo impact sites in a NASA press release. Just search on Orbiter Spots Rocket Impact Site on Moon. Oh, if you want to see a spaceship for yourself this week, the International Space Station will be visible flying over Mansfield next Monday evening, that's July 12th, from 10.26 p.m. to 10.32 p.m. It'll be flying from the southwest to the northeast. As you watch it, consider seven humans are on board, three Americans, three Russians, and one Italian, the, the seasoned space flyer, Samantha Cristoforetti. Among the American first flyers is Jessica Watkins, who started her NASA career as a scientist working at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory on Mars rovers. Dr. Watkins is also the first African-American woman to do a six-month shift on the International Space Station. Oh, a little update on COVID trends in Tarrant County. County Public Health recently raised the local epidemic spread level from low to medium. This reflects an increased number of local hospitalizations from the disease. Still, there, there are only a small number of cases locally, but I know a handful of Texans who have caught it in the last couple of weeks. I'll let you know if it gets worse. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Many Mansfield citizens suffer from back pain. Angel Biasati is here with some healthy back tips in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. There are several ways to prevent back pain and keep our backs strong. Dr. Richard Mayra, an independent practicing neurosurgeon on the medical staff at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, start by strengthening core muscles in the abdomen 
by doing crunches each day, along with brisk walking, swimming, or riding a stationary bicycle. These exercises are good for building muscle, strength, and flexibility, and they can help protect the spine and increase your overall mobility. When standing, Dr. Mayross suggests relieving pressure on the lower back by placing one foot forward and keeping the knees slightly bent. Sitting with knees slightly higher than the hip also helps relieve pressure. Whether standing or sitting, keep shoulders back and avoid slouching. Lifting can be your back's worst enemy. To protect your back while lifting, bend at the knees and keep your back straight, then lift with your legs. Hold heavy objects close to your body and don't twist. If an object is too heavy to lift, get a buddy to help you lift it. Maintaining our overall health also helps your back. Being overweight can cause back strain, and smoking cigarettes can reduce blood flow to the lower spine, causing pain and spinal degeneration. Dr. Mayrock advises back pain doesn't always mean surgery, and most of the time it can be treated. For mild or moderate pain, rest for a couple of days and use an anti-inflammatory medicine such as ibuprofen. Apply ice or heat packs, but only for about 20 minutes at a time. If your back pain is severe, persist, or builds in intensity, make appointment with your doctor. If pain follows a fall or numbness in the legs, trouble urinating, weakness, or fever, be sure to make appointment with your doctor. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati for the About Mansfield podcast. Whether you're interested in buying or selling, realtor Beth Steinke is here and files this week's Mansfield real estate market update. Gas prices are up, food prices are up, property taxes are up, but pay is stagnant, so you may be considering all of your available options to lower monthly expenses until inflation settles down. But today, let's discuss why you should not be considering foreclosure. Before we get too deep into the conversation, let's understand a little bit more about bank foreclosure. If you miss payments on your mortgage, you are in jeopardy of having the lender seize control of your property and then sell it to recoup their investment, leaving you without any recourse and without any of your home equity or a place to live. I cannot emphasize enough how important this is, but whatever you do, do not miss making those monthly mortgage payments. Making on-time payments puts you in control of your housing options, not the bank. If you've been a frequent listener to the About Mansfield podcast, then you know that housing market has been going up dramatically in the last few years. That means that most homeowners today have a significant amount of equity in their homes. That puts them in a good position to work through a few available options. If you find yourself in a temporary financial crisis, your bank may help you put together a forbearance plan that will give you relief in the short run, possibly by adding payments to the back of your loan or other options. Another possible solution would be a loan modification, reducing your payments by spreading them out over additional years or other accommodations to help ease your monthly burden. Both of these can take a fair bit of time to complete, so it's important not to wait too long to start the process, and there is no guarantee the bank will approve an agreement for you by the time you need it done. 
Another temporary relief option that many people fail to consider is renting out a room in your home for extra income. Many people are looking for lower cost roommate situations right now, and it could be a win-win for both of you. There may be an income tax implication, so please consult a CPA as to your particular situation. If you do decide to move forward with a roommate, please be cautious and put your personal safety first always. If your credit and income are good, but your consumer debt is high, you may want to consider a cash-out refinance. This is where you're going to borrow your equity from your home. Your monthly payment will likely go up, but if you can eliminate enough of your other monthly debt, the net change may be positive cash flow. One of the upsides to a cash-out refinance is that because you are borrowing the money, that debt isn't taxable. That means you get access to cash with no tax implication. If your situation is not temporary and you are unable to continue making payments on your home, a more permanent solution may be the right choice for you. You may need to sell your home and secure more affordable living accommodations. Your realtor can have your home on the market in a matter of days, and then within 45 to 60 days, you'll be out from under the pressure of those mortgage payments. My biggest caution here is to do your research on your rental options before you decide to make this big life decision. Rental rates are up too, and you may have a big payment shock if you haven't been watching the rental market lately. The bottom line is that having information is critical in solving all problems. As realtors, we are often brought in when it is too late for some of these options. I recall meeting with an elderly lady last year who had used up all of her savings to keep her mortgage current. She was down to the last payment. I begged her to find a roommate and to keep her home, but she had already given up on that idea. We sold it for top dollar and she was able to move in with a friend, but I still wish she would have considered other options. There is no substitute for the security of owning your own home. My encouragement to you is this. Let us help you. Have your realtor on speed dial. It is truly an honor to provide options and information, solve problems, and find solutions, even when none of those options mean we get to sell a house. This is a people business, and people need the right professional to help them along the way. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, July 5th, there are 86 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes range from a 1,900-square-foot mobile home at $260,000, with the list topping out at $2.4 million. Of those 86 available homes, 22 have had recent price adjustments. A quick check of stats this week in Mansfield show that 22 homes closed the last week of June at an average of 101% of list price, still a very good market for sellers. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Snikey with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another Cocktail of the Week. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Summer Haley's Comment. And summer is arguably the greatest time for produce. From ripe peaches to berries and corn, farmer markets are packed and grocery stores are rich with an abundance of the harvest. Of course, all this makes for good eating, but it's not only the way to enjoy this bounty of summer because you can also drink it. And while the peach and corn from the bourbon together may sound a bit odd, although not entirely, when it's in the form of a peach-infused bourbon, it's really hard to beat. Haley's comment comes from Haley Coder, the lead bartender at the Park Bistro and Bar in Lafayette Park Hotel in Lafayette, California. After she tops some fresh local peaches with a big dollop of Chantilly cream, the bar team started brainstorming ingredient combinations from almonds, vanilla, and honey to lemon juice and blackberries. 
Coder then mingled all of them in this decadent summer sipper that thankfully can be more frequent of an indulgence than Haley's Comet. Peaches are in season toward the end of summer and partner perfectly with bourbon, she says. If you can imagine peaches and blackberries, almond and cream combining to make a perfect dessert, why not make the perfect cocktail? And since the recipe calls for infusing an entire bottle of bourbon, you'll have plenty left over once you've made a few rounds of Haley's Comet. Luckily, the recipe is easily scalable and can be made in large batches for backyard barbecues and summer soirees. And for a full batch, I will give that and the change in the ingredient and the amounts on bourbongospel.com. Another alternative for the peach-infused bourbon is you can add it to such summer concoctions as the mint julep or our favorite, the old-fashioned, for a summary take on a classic. But don't worry, as always, about taking notes, as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the ingredients, you're going to use one ounce of the peach-infused bourbon that you're going to make yourself, three-fourths of an ounce of Pimm's Blackberry and Elderflowery Liqueur, three-fourths of an ounce of Gifford Orgut Syrup, three-fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, one bar spoon of honey, and then you're going to garnish it with the orgot chantilly cream and peach slices. First thing you're going to do to make it is you're going to add the peach-infused bourbon, the Pimm's liqueur, the orgot, the lemon juice, and the honey into a blender with one cup of ice. You're then going to pour into a beer glass or a Collins glass and top with a heaping spoonful of the Chantilly cream, which I'll be giving that recipe in just a minute, and then garnish with three fresh peach slices. Peach-infused bourbon is really very, very simple to make. You're going to wash and remove the skins and pits from about three to five ripe peaches and cut into large segments. Three to five depends on the part of the year where you get the smaller or larger peaches. Then you're going to pour an entire fifth of a bottle of bourbon into a plastic container and add the peaches and then let rest at room temperature for about 48 hours. The reason it's 48 hours is the peach flavor extraction will cease after 48 hours. You can leave it in longer, but you're not going to get a bigger peach flavor. You're then going to strain out the solids through a cheesecloth and store in a refrigerator for up to several weeks. For the Chantilly cream, you're going to combine one cup of heavy whipping cream, one half teaspoon of vanilla extract, and one half cup of the Gifford brand orgot syrup into a bowl or mixer stand mixer. Then you're going to whip it with a whisk or use a hand beater if you really want to make yourself have a difficult time until stiff peaks form. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as our favorite author said, Mark Twain, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. From the inbox, we received a letter to the editor from Megan, who spoke during public comment at the most recent school board meeting and expands on those comments with, quote, 
If I could say anything else, this is what I would say after attending and speaking at the meeting. How are we going to bring the highest quality of teachers to Mansfield with politically divisive rhetoric being openly displayed on campaign flyers by our new school board candidates? This is public information that could sway teachers from choosing Mansfield after a year of historic loss of teachers in the district. 122 resigned in June of this year, 58 in June of 2018. The school board meeting of 6-28-22 included a lot of discussion about discipline and more specifically that a lack of discipline was causing teachers to leave the district. What teachers are seeing is a divisive school board, i.e. the PAC candidates who used a tragedy in their campaigns that is advertising teachers at fault for discipline issues, in essence displaying leadership who does not back their teachers. The real problem that I feel is that MISD children won't get the best education, an A-rated education because we are scaring off teachers and school board candidates are pursuing politically driven agendas funded by out-of-state entities and publicly advertising diversive rhetoric to further their own publicly driven ideology, unquote. If you have an opinion that you would like to share on this podcast, send it by email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. Congratulations to Lisa Cunningham, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Which county contains more Mansfield real estate, Alice or Johnson? Lisa knew that according to Google Maps, approximately 12.6 square miles of Mansfield lies within Johnson County, while Ellis County claims only two square miles. Here's a fun fact. According to the Department of the Interior, Mansfield was wholly contained within Tarrant County until the 1980s, when small portions of the city were annexed to Ellis and Johnson counties. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular about Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen? Well, Steve, Mansfield is a melting pot of nationalities and ethnicities, and the kiddos who attend the 49 school campuses in the Mansfield Independent School District undoubtedly are living proof. This week's question is, other than English, how many languages are spoken within the Mansfield Independent School District? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, excluding English, how many languages are spoken within Mansfield ISD? Buena suerte y gracias. Good luck. And thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, he is an entrepreneur with a newly opened business here in Mansfield. We do like to feature uh, new businesses here. And specifically in this case, uh, to, to, to set this up, a friend of mine who I know to be 
very professional in the the marketing and PR field. He, he not only a friend of mine, very uh, very close neighbor of mine. Whenever he comes to me and says, "Steve, you need to interview this guy." Uh, this is the kind of respect that I have for this friend neighbor of mine who does public relations for things like the NCAA National Championship football game. Okay, that's kind of the level that we're talking about here. So when when Elon, my neighbor, says, "Hey, Steve, you you need to you need to interview this guy," and this guy in this case happens to be right here in the studio. We're talking with uh, Tracy Hackler. Welcome to About Mansfield. Oh, thank you for having me on, Steve. This is awesome. And uh, I echo your sentiments regarding Elon. I'm lucky to call him a dear friend of mine, and we go way back. So appreciate him putting you onto the Onto the trail here. Absolutely. So the the topic today is sports collecting. And we talked about Elon off the air Mm -hmm. before. You and Elon go back to the days of Beckett Publications. Yeah. For our listeners, what is Beckett Publications? What does it do? So Beckett Publications, it's been many names. It's had a few different owners by now, but... Uh, Dr. James Beckett started Beckett back in the early '80s, and it was the it was the uh, price guide, the 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 Bible, if you will, in quotes of sports card values. And he would scour the country at shows and uh, trade nights in hotels with uh, with early adopters of trading cards as an investment. And he would uh, come up with a guide to pricing for people who needed to know what their cards were worth. Right. And that grew into this massive thing. He's still one of the name Beckett is one of the 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 most fundamentally known names in the the world of sports collectibles. And I was lucky enough to spend quite a few years there, uh, including many of those with Elon. And sports collecting, it's not just baseball cards. No, it's it's uh, grown quite a bit over the last three or four years specifically. We noticed an upward trend probably going on five or six years. It was gradually moving upward. Yeah. Then the pandemic hit and everything shut down, but you could still collect from your living room because of this thing called group breaking, which would be done at a central location. But the guy breaking the boxes of sports cards would be in his house and wherever, and people around the internet could buy into that. So if it was a football box and I wanted to buy the Broncos, I could buy the Broncos spot from my living room in my pajamas with my mask on or off. (laughs) And and any Broncos cards he pulled were mine and I got to watch him do it. And then I would get them in the mail a few days later. And so that really helped. There were no sporting events to go to there. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was shut down and people were looking for things to do and kind of crazily, a lot of people turn to sports cards. And so it's yeah. been it's been booming ever since then. Um, I've been in the industry professionally since the mid-90s. I grew up collecting back, started in the mid-70s. And we're at a place in the industry that we've never been in terms of popularity, number of participant, uh, participants. Um, it's just kind of unfathomable, really. Well, that's probably when I, well, maybe late 60s, early 70s, as a kid, you you go to the store, you spend your your few cents for a little pack of tops cards, you get the bubble gum and what about five or six cards uh-huh. and you take the clothes pin and you put them on your bike and <laughs> listen to the the rattle of the spokes, not knowing that this could be your college education. Absolutely. 
And so I have no idea what, uh, how much money I lost. Oh, for in, sure. Yeah. In, we, uh, in baseball cards. I, I'm right there with you. My brother and I, Tim, would would ride our bikes to the 7-Eleven on the corner. We'd mm-hmm. buy Slurping. We'd buy a couple packs of cards. And I distinctly remember throwing away cards of players that I didn't like or that weren't uh, among my favorites. I would just throw them in the trash can. Mm. Um, but I like to say that the reason it had not so many cards been destroyed in that era, the ones that remained wouldn't be as valuable. So, oh, that's a good point. We were yeah. kind of helping the marketplace a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Now I am—I'm not a collector, but my brother is. Mm-hmm. And and one year for Christmas, uh, the company called Fleer, uh-huh. uh, Fleer puts out a tin of what all of the players in Major League Baseball for that year. Oh uh, yeah, like in their set, their their factory set of baseball cards th- that year. And then isn't there an, an end-of-year addendum? Or? Yeah, they'll do update sets. Okay. Back in the day, they did update sets uh, to, to capture players who had changed teams or, or uh, players who missed that initial checklist that w- weren't on the card company's radar. At, at the end of the year, they could g- go back and update that with players who changed teams, new rookies, r- record breakers that had happened that year. Okay. So I've got, uh, as a Christmas gift from my brother, a 10... What did I say? 1986? Uh, 1986, 10 Fleer. Um, it's got a Barry Bonds rookie card. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's got a Will Clark rookie card. Yeah. And I believe my my crack research department uh, <laughs> found that there was one rookie whose name escapes me, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Is this in, Now, this 10 is somewhere in my attic. Mm-hmm. Is it worth anything? Um. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a two pronged answer. So, <laughs> so uh, fiscally or financially, it's probably not worth um, as much. Yeah. But I'm sure to you, the emotional value of that, or the sentimental value, the memory value of that, is valuable. Like I think a lot of first of all, that that late '80s, early '90s is was right at the beginning of the the super proliferation era. Mm-hmm. And so, so many card companies were making so many cards and it didn't take long for supply to far exceed demand. Yep. And that's always a, a, a delicate equation in the world of collectibles. But the thing that, that often gets lost, in my opinion, when people talk about these million dollar cards or $500,000 cards is there is definitive value placed on an image or a memory that you have when you got that, that 10 or that card. And I, I think I, I always try to embrace that more than, than, uh, bemoan the fact that they may, may not be as valuable monetarily. Okay. You mentioned cards and, and the, the amount of, of card manufacturing companies is, is, Right behind me, I'm I'm reaching over right now to pick it up. Uh, I actually brought in some baseball cards from my oh, okay. from my home. All right, these cards have just been sitting on my desk for probably ten years. But I've Donruss. Yes, Donruss is, is still around. Okay, uh, obviously Tops. Yep, Tops um, is still around. What do we got here? This is uh, Upper Deck. I've heard of. Yep, still the one around. I I had not heard of was Pacific. Pacific, yeah, uh, Pacific was around. Based in Linwood, Washington, of all places, and uh, they were around and were pretty cutting edge for the time back in the mid to late 90s. 
Okay. And then I mentioned FLIR and then SCORE. SCORE, yeah. SCORE Another was... name. Yeah. So so what happened when the industry got to this point that was uh, it was uncontrollable in terms of the supply just being way too much. And part of the reason was there were so many different companies making cards. And so through the course of probably 10 to 15 years, the industry went on this uh uh, kind of a self-correcting mode, and it was a consolidation of manufacturers. Some ma- manufacturers didn't survive. Uh, larger manufacturers c- kind of uh, brought other smaller manufacturers into their fold, mm-hmm. and to where it became uh, r- recently, you have a company, Panini America, th- that's based in Irving, Texas. Um, they they have the rights to. Playoff and Score and Donruss uh, and a few other brands. Upper Deck still makes uh, hockey cards primarily. Okay, they're based in California. And then Tops obviously is the granddaddy, based in New York. R- recently acquired by Fanatics, huge huh. company, but they still are the only company that makes baseball cards, licensed baseball cards. And they do other things as well. So uh, primarily three to four manufacturers remain that produce all of the sports car products uh, on the market. And sports collecting, as we mentioned, is not just cards, but equipment, uh, shoes, uniforms. Memorabilia. uh, Memorabilia. uh, Autographs. Sure. Uh, It's still a huge part of the business. Uh, Cards are often uh, kind of... I don't want to call them a gateway, but uh, but a a bridge to other things, right? Yeah. And uh, the the thing I've always loved about sports collecting is that there's really no rules. Like you're not beholden to anything. Like you can collect what you collect. And one of the things we always say at Roadshow Cards is if you collect what you love, you're never disappointed. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a lot of people got into this business in the last two or three years strictly based as a uh, on on it being an investment. And that's cool. Right. Because there are some cards that you can make quick returns on like real returns. And that's one of the reasons that the, the industry exploded so so dramatically over the last few years. But but a lot of people aren't investors. They're not card flippers. They want they want to remember that game that that, that they watch with their kid or that feeling they had when their team won the championship and the sure. cards have always been a great way to uh, grow an intimate, a more intimate collection with your favorite sports and your f- sports uh, heroes. Well, and these, these baseball cards that I brought in today, like I said, they've been sitting um, in my, my desk hutch uh, for probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. I bought them at a garage sale, but the one that, and it was always the very first one sitting on top of the stack was my hero from San Diego, Tony Gwynn. Oh, I love it. And that I have, I would have, well, and it's a Donruss. Yeah, it's a Donruss card. I actually have two of them. And, <laughs> and uh, I have no idea what it's worth. Mm-hmm. I just, it reminds me of the day of back in the day when I used to go to Jack Murphy and then yeah. Qualcomm Stadium and, and watch uh, Tony Gwynn um, hit three, 30,000 hits. and, and yeah. One of the greatest pure hitters of all time. Yeah. God rest his and soul. If it, and if it wasn't for that strike, he could have broken Ted Williams' record. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, Just incredible. He's just incredible. And, and that's what I love about sports cards is that card – 
it, it doesn't really matter what it's worth financially because you look at that card and you're you're instantly transformed back to a to a more innocent time or a, mm-hmm. a time that you really fondly recall, and that's right. a a constant re- a reminder of those times. So that's baseball. That's 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 where my heart is. But I know we're kind of right in the middle of of. Uh, this is this is football, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about your your shop here sure. in, shortly. But uh, in in the shop, um, football is football king in in your shop. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Okay. Football in uh, we're in Texas, right? Um, and it, it, football dominates, and especially when the Cowboys are good and they yeah. have good marketable players. I mean, what Dak and Zeke. Uh, primarily those two, what they did for their role in the explosion of the card market can't be understated because their rookie year, they were phenomenal. And their cards were in in huge demand, not just here, but across the country. And so uh, I think football will always be king, but the Mavericks, when they're in the Western Conference Finals, like Luka is one of maybe more than any other player across the country or the globe, Luca has been as instrumental in the explosion of the sports card market than anybody else. Wow. Uh, so many people speculating on his stuff and just how great of a player he is. All right. And so now we've gotten into the three of the big four. And then let's, so let's talk about hockey. What, uh, what's, what's big in the hockey sports member? Being? Hockey is, uh, is, as you might imagine, kind of a weird uh collecting sport here in Texas because hockey collectors I found to be some of the most passionate collectors and knowledgeable collectors on the planet. It's just not a big demand. Um, I mean, even in like uh, uh, original six towns where the NHL was everything, it's not as big a player in the collectibles market. There, there are, young rookies that come up and capture people's attention. There are legends that, that that will always be in demand, but in terms of it's probably a distant fourth uh, behind football, basketball, baseball, and maybe even behind uh, newer collecting sports like the UFC or WWE. And I was just going to ask you about other sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So you're, you're bringing in uh, mixed martial arts and, and, um, NASCAR is that are there are there any collectibles and and or and then the, let's expand that I'll go and leave that to you other sports yeah so so NASCAR d- does have a again a passionate collector base it's just small right it, it's and in different markets like it's not as big probably as I think it should be here in Texas just because we have TMS not far away and and there's um, big races here multiple times a year but in those traditional hardcore um, NASCAR hubs, the cards of the popular drivers, the 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 Richard Petty's and and Chase Elliott's, and uh, those are in demand. But it's just a smaller uh, fan base. Yeah, not as big as football. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it, it 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 pales in comparison. But like over the last two years, really three UFC has really risen in, in popularity. Uh, I, I think as a spectator sport, it's it's awesome. I'm a huge UFC fan, so I see the allure of the trading card market there. WWE um, has probably the biggest fan base 
maybe of any sport or sport entertainment uh, on the planet. So they're, they're definitely passionate. Yeah. So <laughs> those cards do well. Um, Pokemon is just as big. I mean, it, it it was right there alongside sports cards in terms of growth and explosion over the last few years. Oh, and what was the, now that you've gotten into anime, I'm, uh, Dragon I'm, Ball Z. No, no. My, uh, let's go back. Maybe, 15 years, they were real popular. My son used to collect them. Um, mm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh, yes. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, still a market there for those. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's... Hey, Daniel, I'm glad you never uh, you never threw away those cards. Let's uh, <laughs> let's see what we've got going there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's probably worth, like, if you've been away for a while and you know you have stuff, it's probably worth digging back in at some point just to see what you have because yeah. you never know what cards because you'll see cards that you don't think or you don't recall them being very valuable and then for whatever reason market conditions or whatever uh those cards rise up and uh not not a much better way to spend time with your loved ones uh children or grandchildren or than going through a collection educating people on why you have these cards, who those players were, mm-hmm. what what their statistical significance was, things like that. I mean, c- c- cards are so good for that kind of stuff. Do you ever go into a sports bar or maybe a restaurant and you see something on display, uh, maybe an autographed jersey or something? And you get, wow, I wish I had that in my store. Or, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And then have you ever gone up to a, a restaurant owner and say, hey, you know, can I make you a deal on that? Uh, not yet, but but we we are. So we we are sports cards and memorabilia. We're, we're heavier on sports cards right now than we are on memorabilia. We just opened, so that will change. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like uh, jerseys, like game used equipment, footballs, yeah. helmets, cleats, like that kind of stuff is just really difficult to get. You mentioned the shop just opened, and since you uh, since you opened that door, let's go ahead and, and, and talk about this. You have a, a brand new shop right here in Mansfield called Texas Roadshow Shop. Yes. And uh, tell the audience where it's located. It is located on Cannon Drive, 1836 Cannon. I believe that's right. Suite 300. Okay. Um, Right there by Branded Burger, not far from Branded Burger. Um, yeah, most people remember the old Ray's Pharmacy right exactly there. Exactly right, right, yeah. And, and it's it, it's in the strip mall, the brand new strip mall right next door. So it's kind of sandwiched between Branded Burger uh-huh. and Willie Brown Elementary. Yes, absolutely. And on it's Cannon a Drive. great location. Um, it's... The building is awesome. It's one, So we, at Roadshow Cards, we're, we're the first franchise of card shops, true franchise in the country. So our home base, our founder, Jimmy Mahan, launched the Kentucky Roadshow in Lexington, Kentucky, about 18 months ago. Uh, shop number two is uh, the Texas Roadshow in Mansfield. Next month, we'll open the New York Roadshow in Bronxville, New York. And then later this summer in August, we'll open the California Roadshow in Sonoma, California. And so, uh, but we, we strive to make our shops destination places. We want people to come in and learn about sports cards. We, we want new collectors and veteran collectors to kind of come in and hang out and just Co-mingle. watch the games. And yeah. if you spend from open to close in our store, never buy a thing, but you have a, a good time, we we love it. If you want to come in and buy it, we love that too. But it's about educating new collectors, younger collectors, and it's also about older collectors and veteran collectors learning 
from the younger generation. And uh, we, we believe in the power of sports cards as a vehicle to kind of bring people closer together. It's not just a, it's not just a transactional right. exchange for us. It's, it needs to be transformational for us. And that takes many different shapes. And it's a buy sell trade. Absolutely, we we've uh, it's so funny. We opened our doors officially last Wednesday, a week ago today. Right, um, and probably within the first two hours, we had two people bring in their collections to see if there was anything we wanted, and we bought some stuff from both uh, collections. And it was cool that that. Uh, word of mouth in Mansfield obviously is strong, and oh. so people knew when the doors were open and they brought their stuff in. And and um, but yeah, buy, sell, trade, come and look. We have a it is a eleven feet tall, forty four foot wide card wall in our in our shop, and it's just come and look and hang out. And again, we want to meet you. We want to know. <laughs> what you what you uh, ladies and gentlemen do for a living we want to know your kids we want to know your your parents like we're we're just a real family operation and we want to do the best for this area that we can we're talking with texas roadshow shop owner tracy hackler and we will conclude said talk next week as always this is the place where you will hear the latest mansfield news sports and weather until then don't forget to like follow subscribe share love support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield.